Hi everybody, welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in Florida and New York soon. I go back home in a couple of, couple of weeks. Um, and this is the weekly weather from June 5th to June 14th, 2022. We're back to our theme of taking off like a rocket, but this week Venus and the feminine goddesses are in control. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have a really interesting week ahead. So let's talk about the energy, how you can use it, ways that you can work with it in a positive way to enhance your life. So first off, we know with this energy that we're going to really have this takeoff kind of thing. Mars and Jupiter are both in fire moving forward. Jupiter is going to go forward to eight and change. Mars is, of course, zipping through the sign of Aries. So the energy is very passionate, very intense, very focused, and, of course, angry. Mars and Aries can be a little angry. So we have this taking off like a rocket energy. But this week, Venus comes in, and she says, hey, 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 I'm in charge now. So we're going to watch for women. We're going to watch for money. We're going to watch for... Pallas Athena, the goddess of strategy, vision, justice. She's the justice energy, blind scales. Um, she's very active this week, and a couple of other asteroids are active, the feminine asteroids. So it's gonna, we're going to have a really interesting week. Key is paying attention to Venus. She's going to go over the world point. She's going to trigger the eclipse degrees. She's going to bring things to light. So our job with her is to go, okay. What am I learning? What am I seeing? Where am I going? So let's take off and see what's in the week ahead for us. Uh, so first up, on Monday, we're going to have the Venus, uh, Pallas Athena, and Uranus conjunction this week. So you can see the three gang, the girls, they're hanging out here. So first, Pallas Athena goes up, and she meets Uranus. And so that conjunction takes place on Monday, June 6, 540 in the morning. When that takes place, moon is over here in a feminine sign in Virgo. And so that's kind of going, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm part of the party. And we also see that Pallas Athena and, and Merc Venus are both talking to Juno over here. So we see kind of an alliance of the feminine in the heavens. So it's always an interesting energy when they're all working together. And we also know that Ceres over here is out of bounds so as the moon changes, Ceres takes on different characteristics this week. First up, Virgo. Then she's going to change into Libra. The moon's going to change into Libra. Ceres is going to change into a Libra feel. And then moon's going to go into Scorpio. Ceres is going to feel Scorpionic. Then the moon goes, <laughs> you get the idea, into Sag. So as the moon goes forward here, it's going to form a handle of a bucket. And as it pulls away, it gives us an energy of, oh, you should be aware of this. Moon squares the sun, crisis of consciousness, crisis of action, crisis of pay attention. As it goes a little bit forward and it gets over here, it's opposite all these planets. So it's going to have an opposition to all the Aries planets. A little feisty. Then it goes into Scorpio. Going to have an opposition to the goddesses over here. A little intense, right? You see, you get the feel for the week, and then, you know, we, then we get to the end of the week. And she goes into Sag. So we're working with some really intense energy this week as the moon goes over here. Now, the moon is the public. The moon is the witness. You can see the moon's forming a finger of God here with Pluto and with Neptune. 
and it will form, you know, aspects as it goes forward to the Neptune planets, the Pisces planets, rather, and then when it gets into Libra to the, the Aries planets, and then when it gets into Scorpio to the Taurus planets. So there's a lot of energy of intensity and watching and the handle of the bucket. Moon is the public, too. So the public's going to be very engaged in this and paying attention. So it's an interesting week because we have this intensity. But first up, let's talk about Uranus meeting up with Pallas Athena, this little puppy. So Pallas Athena is a strategic visionary. She sprung from her father's head. She didn't really have a mother. So think of a strong female energy who's got a strong father, right, who sprung from the head of Babump. Also, Uranus's testicles were thrown into the water, one of the myths, and out popped Venus, Aphrodite, right, from the sea foam. So we're seeing that the two of them are getting together here. So it's going to be interesting because there's a strategic, visionary approach that the feminine is going to be taking as Uranus comes to Pallas Athena and then as uh, Venus comes to Uranus. So these kind of catch up. And remember, they move a little slower. Uranus takes 84 years to go around the circle. Pallas Athena meets him every four years. Venus meets him every year. So we're going to have that energy this week. But first up, Pallas Athena in the 12th house, secrets, things being revealed, things being discussed, things being talked about, very intense energy. A lot of planets in 10, 11, 12 in the chart cast for DC. Cast it for your location and see where all these planets fall in your life. Because that intensity, that awakening, that lightning bolt, that aha moment, like, oh, I didn't know that was what was going on. Next up, we have the third of three Mercury's trying to Pluto. So that takes place on Friday, which of course we'll have had our first hearings for the June, the January 6th commission, which are taking place in June. <laughs> so we're having the Mercury trying Pluto here. And of course, Mercury is direct. He's telling tales. This is his third of three. He had one on April 28th. He had one on May 25th when he was retrograde. And now he's direct and he's trining Pluto for the third time. He is, of course, moving forward. He entered his retrograde shadow to start telling the secrets. Remember, the first trine was April 28th, but he entered the retrograde shadow on April 25th. So if you think back to that last week in April and what came up for you when Mercury started entering his shadow, there was that big eclipse on April 30th, and then there was another big eclipse on May 15th, and these are both while Mercury is retrograde and playing around. So now as he moves forward, he goes, okay, so now I'm really going to tell you what's going on. And so you want to be like, really, Mercury, what, what's going on? Tell me, tell me, do tell me. So this is a very intense energy where Mercury wants to have that communication energy take place. And that trine is super important. We're still in our retrograde shadow. Mercury does not leave his shadow until... Uh, June 18th. So we're still going to have secrets told, secrets told, secrets told through June 18th, but this is the setting salvo. And of course, Mercury is paper, Pluto is power, and of course, there's a sextile here, the minor grand trine to Neptune. Now they're pulling away from it, you know, Pluto's going retrograde back towards the Neptune, and Mercury's pulling away from it. So there's an energy with Neptune of what's been going on, how is this working, 
how have we been working with this energy, what's, what's been happening. So it'll be interesting to see these unfold. Of course, we do have the sun in Gemini. Gemini is telling tales. Mercury is on Elgol. Mercury is the, on the fixed star of beheading, where the story changes. Remember in Medusa's story, Athena came in, thought she was having sex in the temple, and zapped her with a lightning bolt, only to find out it was an assault by Neptune. He was raping her. And Athena now runs around and turns men into stone. Athena goes, oh my god, I reacted in anger. All right, go kill her. Bring me her head. And she put her head on her shield to remind herself not to react in anger when she is delivering justice. So the day before, we have the palace of Athena saying, I'm going to deliver justice while Mercury is on Algol, the fixed star of beheading. But I'm also going to talk to you about what you need to know about this because Mercury's kind of parked there delivering that information. So it's an interesting energy this week because of that information. And you're going to find out information. This has been, <laughs> been a kind of difficult eclipse season with my clients. They've all been going, oh my God, I found out this or I found out that. That's totally what the eclipses are for. Bring it up, have you see it. And of course, Mercury was right there in the mix. So we want to kind of honor that there's an intensity of communication happening this week. Don't react. Just take the information in. Go, okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Moon in Virgo is going to sift it. By the end of the week, when we're at the 10th, we've gone through the Libra stuff. Moon's in Scorpio now. Scorpio goes, oh, that's what was going on. Scorpio loves a mystery. And it really likes to understand what's going on. And the focus here is in the 7th house, like what it was. Notice Venus is on a world point here. So she is on a world point over the next few days in Taurus. Again, watch for women, feminine in the news, going to be strong. Next up, our third big aspect this week is next Saturday when Venus and Uranus meet up. Here they do. They meet up here on Saturday at 7 o'clock, 6.57 p.m. Jupiter rules the rising sign for Washington. Moon is on a world point. Venus was just on a world point. And Venus is meeting up with Uranus and having an aha moment. Can't make those aha moments up. Mercury's just past Pluto. So there's an aha, like what is going on? What is happening? So that, but that's also kind of a little stunning and a little under, and of course, this is the house of employees. This is the house of people that are witness to it, who watched it, who saw it. Again, watch for the feminine. There's going to be a lot of feminine energy in this week as Venus takes control when things take off like a rocket. Now, it was interesting. You know, I'm a big fan of Bill Maher. So I was watching him, and he came on last, on Friday, and he was talking about the shooting in Texas. And the police who waited, you know, for 40 minutes, they were in the school, they were waiting for 40 minutes before they went in, and the kids were calling 911. And one of the, one of the, People on the show said, yeah, if it was women with guns, it was the mothers with guns, they would have gone in there and taken the shooter out, right? And Bill said, well, they were trying to get in there. They were getting tased. They were getting locked up. They were getting held back from going in that school, right? Never underestimate the angry feminine. Never underestimate the feminine when it is on its mission, there was a great series of book by 
uh, Frank Herbert called Dune. It was actually a series of books. And what he postulated was the army is actually made of women because they're only going to fight when you're going after their kids or you're going after something that's really important to them. And then the rest of the time, not so much. They're going to be like, all right, you know, not interested in fighting about that. So we want to kind of watch the angry feminine or not even angry feminine, the feminine that says, this is what's going to happen. You remember that look your mother gave you? We used to call it the hairy eyeball. You know, she'd look at you and go, really? And you'd be like, yeah, yeah. And she'd be like, really? And you'd be like, ah, yeah. <laughs> so expect that kind of energy this week, too. It's an interesting week with Venus conjuncting Uranus. Again, that starts a year-long cycle, but it also makes you wake up. And it's in the sixth house of employees in the, um, in the, uh, in the chart cast for Washington, D.C., but it's also very tightly cast with all these Virgo planets with the moon in Scorpio over here saying this is what happened. This is what I saw. This is what went down. So we're going to watch for that energy of the feminine a little, a little raucous and rowdy. Um, so those are the big aspects this week. And we're going to look at the sun going from um, uh, 1541 Gemini to 22 Gemini. So planets between 15 and 22 are very activated by the sun in Gemini talking to them, saying, hey, how about this? How about that? How about this? Uh, Venus is, I'm sorry, Mercury is going from 26 Taurus to 29 Taurus. So he's just about to go into Gemini, but not quite. So you can see he's here at the last degrees. Past is trying to Pluto, but he's still in his retrograde shadow for another couple of weeks telling tales. Uh, Venus is going from 1019 of Taurus. She's going through to 1835. The hot days for Venus when she's on the world point are the 9th and the 10th because uh, she's telling stories and the 11th, right? So kind of sort of Wednesday, but definitely Thursday, Friday. So that's the public. Venus is on the aspects those days. That's going to be the days when the hearings are, but there's also Venus in Taurus on a world point gives a lot of information. And Venus is in Taurus, really intense. And, of course, Algol's still hanging out on the fixed star of beheading. Going to be an interesting week. I, you know, I don't make this up. I just report the aspects. Mars this week is going from 913 Aries to, uh, to 1420 Aries. So everything between 9 and 14 in your chart is going to get activated because Mars is stimulating it. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Wake it up. And uh, Jupiter is kind of pokey, going from 433, loop-de-doop, to 532, loop-de-doop, goes a degree a week, not going real fast. Saturn, of course, has stopped. He's not doing much of anything. And Uranus is pretty pokey, you know, 1635, not moving fast. And uh, Chiron, not moving fast. So the energy of the week is kind of tied to those three key aspects, particularly the setup for them is Monday, Virgo's moon gets a lot accomplished Monday and Tuesday. Libra moon is negotiating. And then the Scorpio moon stuff comes out, right? So intense energy this week. When we look at the moons this week, uh, we find the moon is in uh, went void uh, Sunday night around 7.12. It goes into Virgo on Monday, June 6th at 2.22 a.m. East Coast time. Has a couple of inconjuncts. 
not bad, but an in conjunct with Jupiter, an in conjunct with Mars, kind of adjusting how we're working with this, what's the rules, how are we going to follow it. The moon is in Virgo on Tuesday, the 7th, and has lovely aspects. It forms a trine to Venus, it forms a trine to Uranus, it has the opening first quarter to the Sun, which takes us back to when uh, the, um, the Virgo moon last September. Right. The new moon in Virgo last September around the 7th. So that story is kind of the next chapter. Think about September 7th, what was going on for you then. That story is back up and running. Uh, the moon goes void on the 8th at 8.09 a.m. And it is void uh, in the morning until 11.23 when it goes into Libra. The moon will be in Libra the 8th. The 9th goes void at 1.36 in the afternoon on the 10th, Friday. So the moon is void, uh, or the moon's in Libra. So the evening, you know, the rumor has it the, the things are going to be the ninth. Uh, when that's happening, the moon is trying the sun in Gemini at 9.57 p.m. That's the closing trine, I'm sorry, opening trine to the, you know, moon in Libra trines Gemini. A lot of energy when that moon in Libra goes across from the Mars and the Jupiter and the Chiron and the Eris, the goddess of, goddess of discord. So that energy is pretty potent that we're going to have there. We also find Thursday's the big day. We're going to have the sun also in a trine to Saturn, which is a fast-moving little quick guy. That's going to happen on Thursday. Sun trine Saturn, uh, which is... Actually, I'm in the wrong week. Go back. Sorry, I'm in, I dropped a week. I hate it when I do that. Um, the ninth sun is not trine Saturn. I'm like, how did I miss that? I didn't because it wasn't there. Okay. <laughs> moon and air moon and libra is going to be opposite the aries planets so that happens on the ninth and it's going to be in a hard aspect to venus and it's going to form a finger you know a partial finger of god to venus and to uranus so the moon and libra is going to have a difficult energy there on thursday night uh thursday afternoon and then on friday the moon is void for just that three hours in the afternoon. It goes into Scorpio Friday night at 4.41 p.m. And it's in Scorpio the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th. Going void at 5.40 p.m. with an opposition to Mercury. So the Scorpio moon Friday is very intense. And the moon on the 11th is very intense. And the moon on the 12th is very intense. Moon goes void on the 12th at 5.40 p.m. and then goes into Sag at 6.31. So our emotions are very intense this week. Um, and I think it's important when we have weeks like this to remember, you know, how we feed things. Uh, so when we're looking at the DB days, you know, the Donald Blanford days, we're going to have one on Wednesday the 8th. We're also going to have one on Thursday the 9th. Friday the 10th, <laughs> Saturday the 11th, and then it kind of calms down on the 12th. So intense week. You know when those weeks happen, our best, uh, our best approach is to think, okay, take an optimistic approach. This is important for me to know. Remember Mercury's telling tales. He's in, he's in Virgo, He's in Taurus, trining Pluto and Capricorn. Mercury's telling us stuff, really important stuff this week. And this is not just the stuff in Washington. This is the stuff in your life. It's triggering the eclipses. It's waking up things you need to look at and do 
for your greater good. When we have these hard weeks, it's for your greater good. And that can be a little hard sometimes to believe because you're kind of like, can it really be for my greater good that I'm going through this? The answer is yes. The hard times help us. They make us more confident. They make us understand what we can work with. Nothing that's going to come out that you're going to find out this week is not something you can ha can't handle. And it is part of the release, part of the energy of understanding what we need to change, where we need to go. So I've been, you know, talking a lot about having a vision for your life, but we also need to have a vision for our country. We are facing our Pluto return of the United States of America. We know countries have gone through them, the fall of the Roman Empire, the sun never set on the British Empire, Dutch, the Dutch rolled the seas, Portugal took over the seas when China retreated, Egypt once was a world power. We get it, we understand that. But we're at a really critical turning point where it's really important for us to have our own vision of what we believe and based on that, move forward. We have to have a vision, we have to have a myth. We have to have something that inspires us, that makes us look out of ourselves towards the greater vision of what can happen. And I think that's really important you know, that, that we, we really focus on what that vision is of what you want your world to be like. Not just your own little life, which is, of course, important, but the bigger vision of the world. And I want you to hold a little sense of optimism as we go through this week ahead. Because while it is going to be tense and intense, it's also going to show you what can be done when somebody stands up and says, I will tell the truth. And remember that fairy tale, right? Where they're talking flowers and roses and diamonds falling out of the mouth. And then the other one that's snakes and lizards and rats and scorpions falling out. Which one are you going to feed? Are you going to feed the scorpions, the lizards, the rats? Talking trash? Taking down stuff? Are you going to feed the things that you want to grow? that you want to encourage, that you want to make bigger in your life. We're at a critical turning point in our own lives and in the lives of our world. And so it's super important for us to maintain that optimism, to understand that by letting the truth come out, the information come out, and people looking at it and thinking about it. It's important to think about it too. Like think about what you've heard, what you learned this week because it's going to give you inspiration. It's going to help you. So last week I talked about my hater. And over the week I found out, well, my hater hates a lot of people. She talks trash about all these people. And a lower form Scorpio, right? The lizards, the toads, the snakes come out of her mouth all the time about everybody. And I know my mother used to say, you know, if someone talks nasty about someone to you, you know they're going to talk nasty about you to somebody else. You know, that energy. You want to kind of look at the energy of what is it you believe? What is inspiring you? And I have to say, it made me feel better to know. I mean, it sounds weird, but it made me feel better to know she talks trash about everybody. Oh, okay, that's good. Not just me, but everybody. She tells lies about everybody. Great. 
that makes me feel better. It sounds weird, but it made me feel better because I went, oh, okay, I know where, I know what I believe where I stand and how I work. And everybody has to take a stand. Everybody has to have a vision of what they want their best life to be, what they want the best life to be for the people they love, their families, their kids, their spouses, their partners, their parents, their children, their dogs, their cats. I'm pleased to report all the kittens have been adopted. I will be posting pictures of all of their new families, but all five kittens have a home as of yesterday. Um, so yeah, what's the vision? I had a vision of them all having a great home and I will share with you next week what their homes are. I'll put the pictures up and because I got the last one the other day. Uh, yeah, so what's your vision? When I fostered those kittens, it was giving them a good home. And if Remo liked one, they could stay. He hated them all. <laughs> Remo's vision was no kittens. I'm like, all right, Remo, I'm good with you. I had fun raising the kittens. But they all got great homes that match who they're supposed to be, right? So that's, that was helpful. So you think about your vision, for your vision for your life, your vision for your country's life, your vision for the country you want your children to be in. The vision for, you know, the, where you want your grandchildren to be in. One of the guys I went to college with just had a baby. Not a baby, a grandbaby. His first grandbaby, and he's like this big guy. He's like one of those six-foot-six guys. His name's Jack. And there's a picture of him holding this little baby, little baby divine. Um, so have a vision of your life as we go through this week. And then also look and go, is this your vision? Is what you're learning this week your vision of what you want to have in your life? And if it's not, you do not have to vote for it. You do not have to listen to the, the lies and the snakes and the lizards and the rats and the scorpions that are flying at you. You can say, no, 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 no. Remember the south nodes in Scorpio. You don't have to do that. You can do something else. You can make a different choice. Important. Important to make that different choice. And promotional opportunity. Maybe. Uh, we're going to be speaking at Omega Institute the weekend of September 16th to 18th. I'm there. You can see me over there. It's a heart-centered astrology weekend. We're going to be working Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We had a great time last year. We had a wonderful time doing it. So sign up. Also, a cup full of stars. You can get daily podcasts uh, offered by me with a list of all the, all the aspects for the day downloaded to your phone or your email every night. It's sent out at 12.01 so the, East, the West Coast people get it. I realize they get it earlier in the day. Um, and then also Pluto Return of the United States, 90-minute webinar, and then the upcoming Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. And on that note, have a great week. I encourage you to live your best life. Envision what you want next in your world. It's really important that we all hold a very clear vision, at least of what we think is right. What is your vision? What is your vision for your life, your country, your friends, your children, your grandchildren, your cats and dogs? Little, all my little five cats got a new home. I'm so happy. Have a great week. We'll catch you next week. Ann Ortley signing off from the turquoise desk overlooking Boca Ciega Bay. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 